Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, all-around great guy. Hey. Here with my co-host, an all-around great girl, Donna Lee. I love it when you call yourself all-around great guy because it makes me laugh out loud. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I can say whatever I want. That's right. It's your show. This is our show. <laughs> so uh, uh, you are a comedian. That's right. You're also our business development guru in our practice. That's this right. practice is called NAU Urology Specialist. We are growing and blowing. Showing. We're, and showing. That's right. That's... We're more growers than showers, I think. And so we are an excellent urology <laughs> practice. We are growing bigger and bigger every day. We are here and ready to see you as a patient, whether primarily to take care of your urologic needs or as a second opinion. We love second mm-hmm. opinions. Dr. Sunny, second opinion mystery. Right <laughs> here. How, how do people get a hold of us? That's right. If you want that second opinion or to learn more about our holistic urology group, call us at 512-238-0762 or visit our website, armormenshealth.com. We are in Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs, Texas. For those of you that are regular listeners, you will clearly and easily understand what my favorite part of our guest is. His penis? His name. Oh. Dr. Long. Hey, Dr. Long. I don't know why I missed that. I'm sorry. You know, there was a guy in town who used to practice medicine, Dr. Dick Chop. And I used to say, don't go to Dr. Dick Chop or Dr. Les Wing. Go to Dr. Moore Longfellow. Hey. Oh, I'm glad Whitney's here today to to bleep that out. You don't want it shorter. You want it longer. Wow. Dr. Dr. Rhett Long is an endocrine surgeon. Uh, in the Surgical Oncology Clinic at Dell Medical School and is somebody that I met just hanging around in the surgeon's lounge one day. I was wondering how y'all met. Okay. Yeah, we were hanging around the surgeon's lounge. And you know what I love more than anything? Your pickup line that another another surgeon. I know. I think you have a pickup line, though, that says, hey, I have a radio show. Yeah, I have a radio show. Would you like to join me? (laughs) And, you know, uh, what's funny is that I thought he went to Stanford, but he didn't. He went to Samford. University. Yeah, Stanford yeah. University. Okay. Yeah, we like to consider ourselves the Stanford of Alabama. Then, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, um, something about him though, he did his general surgery residency mm-hmm. at this little unknown place. Oh, you know what it's called? Tell me. Baylor College of Medicine, <laughs> the finest institution on the face of the planet. Okay. And he went at a time when it was really good too. Really? Not yeah. the time you went? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I probably lowered their standards out a little Maybe. bit. Maybe. A little bit. <laughs> so, Dr. Long, uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. Hey, it's good to be here, and, and, and I hate to disappoint you, but I was actually only a surgical intern at Baylor College of Medicine. I actually oh. did the vast majority of my residency here at the University of Texas. So. Well, that's okay. You got so, I, I at least have some Baylor ties, if that works for it, you. It, it, it does, in fact, work. <laughs> and so you're not the first surgical oncologist we've had. We get Dr. Declan Fleming that has been on our show before. He's an uh, amazing mentor and an amazing surgeon, and uh, he's a partner of yours. And uh, so it really says something quite great about the burgeoning program that Dell Medical School is putting together. Why don't you tell us what is a surgical oncologist and how is that different from a regular surgeon? Yeah, so uh, Dr. Fleming, one of my partners, uh, he he is also a general surgeon by training. So in order to become a surgical oncologist, you have to go through five years of uh, general surgery residency, and then you'll pursue an additional, usually two to three year fellowship, focusing on you know surgical oncology conditions. Now I. I'm an endocrine surgeon, so I actually did a fellowship in endocrine surgery up at the University of Michigan. So endocrine, it means glands, right? 
and hormones. And so tell us, what are all the, the components or what are the major components of the endocrine system that you specialize in? Sure. So, you know, my practice primarily focuses on uh, patients who have conditions of the thyroid, parathyroid, and adrenal glands. So uh, there are endocrine surgeons and major academic programs all across the country. And it's been exciting because, uh, you know, I'm the first one uh, here in Austin who's really focusing exclusively on endocrine surgery within an academic environment. And so it's a new program, a relatively new Adele Medical School. And, you know, I'm happy to be the one blazing the trail. Nice. Now, when it comes to endocrine surgery, it, it's not all cancer, right? I mean, the vast majority of what you're taking care of is going to be benign disease. That's absolutely correct. You know, nationally, um, most major academic programs that have endocrine surgery uh, a lot of us fall within the department of surgical oncology because we do see conditions that are cancerous. So, for an example, thyroid cancer or even the more rare types of adrenal cancer or metastases or that sort of thing. But you're right. The vast majority of the stuff that I see is actually benign disease. And so, you know, when it comes to patient referrals and, and, and if you get into a clinic that, that looks like surgical oncology, it can be a little bit uh, daunting. It can be a little daunting, of course. But, I'm not here for cancer. This place is scary. But that's a that's a good point. Yeah, the vast majority of my patients that I see do not have cancer. So when it comes to thyroid disease, what are some of the more common conditions or presentations of thyroid disease that lead a patient to come see you? So I would say that you know the vast majority of patients uh, who have surgical conditions of the thyroid are typically found incidentally. So folks who have an imaging scan done for another purpose, an example would be, you know, a carotid ultrasound to, to look for vascular disease. They might have a CT scan or a PET scan that identifies a nodule incidentally. Um, and then I'll see them. In, or if they're really lucky, they have a doctor that actually touches them. It, and they it, do a physical exam. Quite, you know, that's that's rare these days. Uh, uh, but usually, if anyone, if any patients need to be touched, they're referred to a surgeon, right? <laughs> um, but but yes, you know, if, if it's something that's that's picked up on exam, then then certainly, uh, you know, an astute clinician would would uh, order an ultrasound or get some imaging, and then they'd ultimately end up in my clinic. What's mm. the purpose of the thyroid gland? Why do we even have one? Mm. Yeah. So the. The thyroid is actually the first embryologic gland to develop. So it's by about four weeks of, of age in, in utero, uh, the thyroid starts forming. Wow. And, and so it, it's extremely important uh, early on for development of your nervous system. Basically, every major organ system is, is impacted by thyroid hormone. And so, you know, as we age, it's, it's an important regulator of our metabolism just overall the way we feel. Um, so if your thyroid is off, either over-functioning or under-functioning, it can have drastic impacts on just your overall well-being. Well, and so uh, as we get older, there are people that have hyper-functioning and hypo-functioning thyroids, and they will see an endocrinologist. But when they have a mass or a concern for cancer, they'll see an endocrine surgeon. And as luck has it, this organ is in a pretty important place, right? What oh. is it? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the thyroid is located in the neck, and I always tell everybody who, who ask why I got into this, and, and no offense to Dr. Mystery here, but uh, the, the neck is the best anatomy in the body. It's, it's, oh, it's so, I hear a fight coming. Yeah, it's so clean. Mm -hmm. It's pretty. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's just absolutely uh, the, the best surgical am, stuff you can I'm, see. I'm speechless. Yeah. I'm going to invite you to my next robotic prostectomy, and you're going to see pretty. 
Okay. Oh, All right, and I'll come into one of your neck surgeries, okay? And we'll and we'll see how pretty that is. C- come on by this week. We'll but, see you. But for how pretty it is, there's a lot of really important structures right there, right? I mean, uh, people can can have complications of thyroid surgery, which is why you don't want to go to any, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Harry Dick. You certainly don't want to have your thyroid surge- surgery by somebody who who does a lot of robotic prostatectomies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good point, and welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, what are some important complications that uh, patients need to be aware of that can occur after a thyroid surgery? Yeah. So, you know, and you mentioned that you know I, I do see a lot of folks who have thyroid nodules or masses that ultimately result in compressive symptoms of the adjacent structures in the neck. I also see folks with you know chronic hyperthyroidism that that is either refractory to medical management or is ultimately so chronic that that the only kind of long-term management is to remove the thyroid. And so uh, that's another common condition that I see. But once you're in the operating room, you know, if all you had to do was remove the thyroid, it, it wouldn't take more than about 20, 30 minutes. But the reason that, that the operation is so technical is because you do have to protect those critical structures. For one, the parathyroid glands sit right next, uh, you know, right behind the thyroid gland and they can be devascularized during a thyroidectomy. The the nerves that control the vocal cords are within about a millimeter of the thyroid. So, you know, if those things are injured, it makes it really hard to host a radio show because you'll have a <laughs> you'll have a hoarse voice and, you know, problem swallowing and, you know, last but not least, it's just such a vascular place that that you want to be very vigilant about controlling all the blood vessels and stuff because it, it could be a very disastrous complication if you were to have something that bled after surgery. Mm. Head and neck surgery is probably one of the most fascinating fields that was foreign to me when I was going through training. At Baylor, uh, we separated anatomy and head and neck anatomy was its own little segment and course. And we'd have to carry around a skull in a box just to keep track of all the different uh, nooks and crannies. Well, so uh, the type of expertise that a head and neck surgeon uh, and an endocrine surgeon needs to have is is quite tremendous. So uh, so our hats off to you. Yeah. If somebody needs to come see you as a patient, what's what's a good phone number to come and see you for your endocrine surgery? Yeah. So my office is located at the Health Transformation Building. So that's you know adjacent to Dell Seton Medical Center, uh, and our phone number there is five one two four nine five five seven one seven. Dr. Long, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. I am Dr. Mystery, your host, joined by my co-host, Donna Lee. Hey, everybody. Happy day. This show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. We are a full-service, head-to-toe, well, nipples-to-knees. Nipples-to-knees. Urology practice. We would love to take care of you for your prostate and hormone needs. And Donna, how do people get a hold of us? Call us at 512-238-0762. You can visit our website at armormenshealth.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast wherever you listen to free podcasts. We have like 140,000 downloads, you know. That's nice. And, I, and I, I'm only responsible for 120 of them. Yeah. And your dad's got the other 20. <laughs> my dad's got the other 20. <laughs> excellent. Hi, Dad. Uh, today we are joined uh, by an excellent surgeon, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Rhett Long with uh, the University of Texas Health Dell Seton Medical School right here in Austin, Texas. Dr. Long, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You are an endocrine surgeon. An endocrine gland, as we explained in the last uh, segment, is uh, uh, the the system in our body that regulates uh, our body through hormones. Correct. And so, you know, in in my memory, the biggest endocrine glands that require surgery are going to be the thyroid gland, 
parathyroid gland that kind of helps contribute to calcium and bone and skeletal regulation, and then the adrenal gland. Uh, am I missing anyone? It, as far as my pr practice is concerned, those are the predominant endocrine organs that I see. Now, you know, neurosurgeons are going to treat conditions of the pituitary. Um, there's obviously endocrine systems in, in your field uh, within the testicles, within the, uh, testicles oh. of course. But those would be the predominant conditions that I would How see. How big are these glands? How big are they in your field? Yeah. So, you know, a, a normal thyroid weighs about 20 grams. And, mm -hmm. and then when it gets enlarged or becomes abnormal and, and can grow down into your chest or grow out laterally or just start protruding from your neck, it can, it can get up to 100 or 120 grams. And so the larger it gets, uh, the more potential there are for developing uh, what we call compressive symptoms where it uh, starts pressing on either the trachea, your esophagus, and can result in problems swallowing, shortness of breath when you lie flat, or, or really just anything that, that's located in that region. Now, I was watching TikTok, because um, you know I never do that. Yeah. And this lady was on TikTok, and she said that her life was saved because she was doing one of her usual TikToks, and one of the viewers sent her a message and said, you might want to go get your thyroid checked out, because it was, I guess, bulging in her neck. Is that what would happen? Yeah, I've certainly. You can see it. Yeah, I've certainly. It's not the first time I've heard that story. Of there's been people on air, uh, newscasters, various folks who you can start to notice a little protrusion in their neck, either in the front uh, central portion or out laterally. And they don't and, see it themselves because it's pretty gradual. But the person, right. all, all of a sudden, seeing them for the first time is like, "Hey, what's that bulge in your neck?" Exactly, and unlike your pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, gotcha. Yeah. For, perhaps some might be more noticeable than others, yeah. but, but yes. Nobody's ever stopped me to tell me that I may want to check that out. <laughs> you're bulging your pants, but you're bulging your neck. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> now, when people are contemplating or thinking about who they should see if they're concerned about a thyroid or a parathyroid problem, who's their first stop? Who should they see first? Yeah, so we work really closely with endocrinologists, and uh, because hormones have such an important physiologic impact on our body, there's many endocrine uh, issues that don't necessarily need a surgeon. They, they need an endocrinologist. But occasionally, you know, some patients have conditions that can only be managed with surgery. And so if the endocrinologist or primary care physician picks up a, a condition that, that is needs to be managed by a surgeon, then... Uh, it's nice to have those relationships because you certainly want to see somebody who does these, you know, high volume, a high volume thyroid parathyroid surgeon is somebody who does more than 30 of these a year. So if you do four or five, then that's where you might get into a higher it's risk. It's very delicate and intricate. So really yeah. having some experience is really important. Absolutely. An area that we do overlap, you and I, is going to be adrenal surgery. Sure. What is the purpose of the adrenal glands? Because I think a lot of times, you know, our listeners don't really know what that gland is for. Yeah. So the adrenals obviously sit right on top of your kidneys, and they also make hormones, hormones that, that control our blood pressure, hormones that are involved in sort of the you know, sex hormones system. And then of course, you know, cortisol, which is a very important hormone and, it, and it's involved with our stress response. So patients who have adrenal problems can either have nodules that are functional or nodules that are not functional. And, so and functional some of nodules those... will make hormones. Correct. And if you have too much of it, it may not be good. Correct. Well, one of those hormones is adrenaline, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that can really ramp you up and make your blood pressure go real high and and uh, how are most adrenal nodules or adrenal things discovered? On accident. 
So, uh, you know, one of the more common things that we see are folks that have an adrenal nodule that gets picked up on a CAT scan. Say after a trauma, you might have these little growths on top of the adrenal gland. And because conditions like, you know, stress and high blood pressure are so common, uh, it's, it's very easy to overlook that these nodules actually might be contributing to the problem that, that your chronic medical issues. And so most of the time, you know, we find these on accident because very rarely do sim- the people present with symptoms of, you know, an enlarged adrenal mass because usually it's not something that people are going to feel uh, unless subjectively. Because the adrenal mm-hmm. gland is really small and it, it, if it gets big enough that you need to feel it, then you're going to have a tough, tough go of it. Yes, yeah. And as luck has it, the adrenal gland is really in a really unique place, tucked right next to some other really important structures. Oh, yeah. Boy. Describe that anatomy to us. <laughs> sure. So the adrenals are retroperitoneal uh, structures. So there, there are obviously a, a number of different organs and things within the abdomen. And, uh, you know, as a surgeon, we have to identify ones that, that are in specific planes. So either in the front part of the abdomen or in the back part of the abdomen. And the adrenal is one that is, is located in a more posterior portion. So we have to move all the intestines and guts out of the way and go right next to the major blood vessels, the, the aorta and the vena cava. And these little glands are just tucked right next to these major oh, buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds it's difficult. Yeah. It makes for a fun operation though, right? Oh, yes. Oh. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Y'all get off to the weirdest things. We yeah. do get off to yeah. the weirdest things. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really, uh, you know, I say it all the time. Surgeons are a different breed of yeah, doctor because we, um, you know, sometimes the messier it is, the more intrigued and more excited that we are going to be mm-hmm. to take care of it. Okay. So uh, if somebody is found to have an adrenal nodule, uh, we don't operate on most of them, right? The vast majority you don't. But really everyone who has an adrenal nodule should undergo a biochemical evaluation. So essentially, there's a standard algorithm for labs that, that your uh, primary care doctor or endocrinologist can order. And basically, the, the purpose of that is to assess for any hormonal excess. If all of the hormones are normal and most adrenal nodules are going to be non-functional, then, then the vast majority can just be monitored to see if there's any growth. Now, some adrenal nodules might have a suspicion for cancer, and that's typically something that you see either on imaging uh, that has some indeterminate characteristics or in nodules that, that, you know, have a more rapid growth over time. And that's thus why, you know, they need, patients need to be followed for this. And uh, it's, it, it really leads to a common theme that I try to put on this is that when you're a patient, you really have to take control over your care. So if you've had a CT scan or you've had an MRI of the abdomen, you need to get that report and read it yourself because it happens all too commonly that something on a report gets brushed off by somebody who just didn't read it properly or doesn't understand it, you should, you should know what your imaging has had because so many renal tumors, adrenal tumors, abdominal tumors are found incidentally. And as Dr. Long said, if you have an adrenal nodule, you should have lab tests. I've had many patients with three and four drug high blood pressure with an adrenal nodule that nobody decided to check and it was a functional adrenal nodule and we were able to get them off medicines and really improve their life by just wow. doing the proper functional assessment. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you expand that exact same concept to other conditions that we both see, so for example, you know, 90% of patients who have hyper 
calcemia or elevated calcium in an outpatient setting have a problem with their parathyroid gland. That's right. And if you have chronic stones, you need to have the proper evaluation. Correct. So that we can rule these things out. Exactly. Dr. Long, if somebody's going to have a surgery like this and be referred to a surgeon, are they still allowed to come see you as a second opinion? Well, as you had stated so aptly in the last segment, you know, we love second opinions. And, and I believe that, that oftentimes, you know, we will see folks who either were offered surgery or were not offered surgery who we might have differing opinions on. So if you're being told that you either have a condition that's uh, related to the endocrine system that's either non-surgical or surgical, it, it never hurts to get a second opinion. And if somebody wants to do that, how do they call your office? Yeah, so uh, my office phone number is 512-495-5717, and we're located on 1601 Trinity Street in Building A. I can't thank you enough for giving us this amazingly high-level discussion about something that a lot of our listeners may encounter but not know too much about. Donna, how do people get a hold of us and send questions to us? That's right. You can reach us at 512-238-0762 or our website, armormenshealth.com. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com. Com.